The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. At this hour, I am not a parent, but I was a young person once, and I seem to recall some friction at the time between the younger generation and the older generation. It, it seems not only does it not go away, but it seems to be more pronounced. Uh, Rick Bruce is back with us on this broadcast, joining us from uh, Cambria. Rick wears many hats. Tonight, he's wearing his hat as father. This is what he posted yesterday. On Facebook, at least the part I can read. Uh, just a shout out to my beautiful, hardworking daughter, daughter Ariel Miranda Bruce. Ariel's having a rough day working two jobs and working hard to finish her degree while saddled with ridiculous education debt, plus all the normal expenses of life. I know she'll make it through, but it's much harder than it was when I was a kid. I admire her tenacity for anyone, and I mean, in capital letters, anyone who likes to bag on the younger generation as lazy and entitled, you're cordially invited to go F yourself. Go get him, Ariel. Mr. Rick Bruce joins us now. Rick, good uh, afternoon. <laughs> how you doing, Dave? I'm good. What kind of responses have you gotten to this? You know, it's all been really supportive, but it's going, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the echo chamber that is the internet. The people that generally follow my posts generally will be more sympathetic to, to that. And the people that are, are not so sympathetic will, will not comment directly to me because I find when people attack, you know, young people in particular, they don't do it to a particular young person. They make these blanket statements, all these jokes about millennials and how they, you know, uh, years ago it was, oh, look at, they all wear their pants baggy or they don't know how to do this or they're entitled. So that, I, it's what I expected and it's really what I wanted. I wanted my daughter to see that there are a lot of people that love her and are rooting for her despite the fact that she's having to work much harder just to break into starting her life than I certainly did. And I, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I had to work for everything I got, Right. but uh, it was work I could do, you know? Now, how old is she, this, may I ask? She is 25, okay. as I recall. Right. I was there at the time, but I, it's been a while. I think, <laughs> I think she's 25 this year. All right. And so uh, without invading her privacy, just give us a general sense of, I mean, what does she do? What's her life like? What are the challenges she's facing? What prompted you to write this email, this Facebook post, rather? Sure. Well, what prompted me to write the paper? First, anybody that knows my daughter, and she used to be one of the managers at the Coffee Den here in Cambria, so a lot of people interacted with her uh, and adore her. Uh, she's a very positive, upbeat kid. Uh, she's very hard to bring down. She's, you know, uh, uh fiercely involved in various, you know, social justice things that she finds important, and she's not afraid to speak her mind about things. Uh, and she's a hard worker. She's been a hard worker for many years. 
and I was talking to her yesterday morning, and she's struggling with the idea of whether or not she should move out of her current place, which costs her $700 a month for her share of the rent with, you know, three other girls and sharing rooms and all that, so that she could save herself, uh, you know, $150 a month and, and get her own private room. And we started, as we were talking, she, she let me know that um, she currently has two jobs with two major corporations. One of them is a, um, her, she's studying hospitality. That's the field she wants to go into. So she's uh, got a college internship with uh, one of the biggest hospitality companies in the, in the world, uh, based in Orlando. Uh, I don't know, you know, we'll not mention any names, I suppose. Uh, but she had to take another job with one of the other giant coffee makers uh, of the world because she wasn't getting enough money from the first one to pay her rent and her basic expenses. And she told me that because of the way her shifts work, she has not had a, a day off in as long as she can remember, and she doesn't foresee a time when she will get a day off. She's working seven days a week. Uh, and it's struggling because, you know, as a kid, you, you want to, you have to work hard, but you want to also be able to play, have fun. She can go to any, uh, uh, theme park in Orlando for free, uh, for the most part, but she doesn't have time to do it. Yeah. And she'd have to get there. She'd have to buy a ticket. Well, she wouldn't though because uh, she got she she did buy a annual pass for one, and uh, her employer hooks her up on the other for most of the time. All right. Uh, So I mean, sorry. I was just going to say. So she, even though she doesn't have, it's an inexpensive thing for her to do. She can't do it because she doesn't have the time. Because she's working all the time, and she's also carrying a full school load. So you say in your Facebook page for people to stop picking on people like your daughter. Who's picking on them, Rick? You know, I see it frequently, and I I very seldom hold my tongue. But, uh, you know, I spend a, a fair amount of time engaging with people on Facebook, usually in a pleasant way. Um, but I see this this whole trope of the younger generation, especially the quote-unquote millennials, which is a term that's heavily misused, I think, uh, as them being feeling entitled and feeling like they want everything given to them and that they're, you know, uh, they're demanding these $15 an hour minimum wages and that, you know, they, they want to be taken care of and uh, they're, they're not willing to work like we did when we were young. And, and I find that to be just wrong. It's just not, I I know I've always worked as the village wizard. I've always, you know, worked with teenagers, uh, you know, for years and the teenagers, I know the best, several of them are uh, rooming together down in, in Los Angeles, trying to break into the film industry. And if you think that's, you know, fluff work, it's not, it's hard work. You know, they're going to film school. They're trying to, you know, get on movie sets. Uh, They're writing, they're, they're, they're producing, they're doing all this stuff. Uh, My kid, him, Himself is uh, taking advantage of the my my younger kids taking advantage of the quest of pro, uh, promise, getting his education so he can go down and join them. He's probably going to you know take up writing, but all of these things are much harder than they used to be. Mm. Uh, you know, and in Ariel's case, she's got 
you know, multiple jobs, uh, and she, you know, she's she's managing to scrape by, but she's already got thirty five grand in student loans. She she wow. finally quit talking, taking them, and wow. her grades suffered because now she has to work so much. She doesn't have as much time to put into her studies. Well, so so slow down that point, please. Where did she go to school? Sure. What did she study? So she is um, studying hospitality. And she started her career, her college career, down at uh, Cal Poly Pomona. Mm -hmm. They have an excellent hospitality program down there. But it was very expensive. And at the time, she was working at Disneyland, and she really didn't get enough hours to pay for her living expenses down there, even though she was taking out loans to pay for her education uh, expenses. So, you know, that's where she started. She's now going to the University of, uh, uh, what is it, Arizona State, I think, has a really good um, remote program. And she's going to finish her bachelor's uh, there, which she's doing from Florida now. Hmm. All right. So, and and she lives with uh, three other roommates. They're each paying $700 a month. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a lot. There's a lot on her plate. I can under how, but what's her what's her attitude towards it all? Her basic attitude, I think, and I, I hate to speak, you know, take words out or put words into her mouth, but I think her attitude is: I've been working hard for years. When is it going to pay off so that I don't have to work so hard, so that I'm not living to work, but I'm working to live? Yeah. I understand that, yeah. And and just to find the terms, Rick, before we go to break, we talk about millennials, and there's also Generation Z. And we're people my age are the baby boomers. Every generation has a label, I guess. What's the difference between a millennial and somebody who's in Generation Z? Okay, so millennials were born between 1981 and 1990, let's say 95. It's a little fuzzy there. Yeah. And so they're currently, the youngest uh, millennials are 25. Uh, the, the oldest millennials are around 40. I'm kind of like you. I'm, I'm a boomer, although I am the youngest possible boomer. I was the last year, 1964 was the last year they considered part of the baby boom. Uh, then you get into the, uh, the, the Gen Y and Gen Z folks who are, I think my son falls into, uh, Gen Z. I, I think of them as the, uh, the TikTok generation. <laughs> I call them the TikTok kids, which is a, a bit reductionary, but, but they really, he's, he's much different. Even my daughter, who they're only separated by, you know, five or six years, uh, she sees his generation as considerably different from hers. All right, we are in conversation with Rick Bruce talking a little bit about his daughter in a Facebook post that he made yesterday urging people not to just label all young people as being entitled or lazy. That is not an indictment against an entire generation. Talk a little bit about what his daughter and others are going through. We'll pick up the conversation as we continue right here on AM 920 FM 96.5 News Talk, KVEC. We will welcome your phone calls for Rick Bruce after news at the bottom of the hour. As a father, he's uh, talking about his daughter's generation. She's right there on the cusp of being a millennial Gen Z. And there's this always a stereotype about young people being entitled or lazy. And he is saying 
that his daughter is not and that the young people he know are not. Uh, yet, as uh, we continue with you, Rick, uh, I, I looked at uh, some mm-hmm. articles about this, and they said that people your daughter's age versus our generation, here are some of the differences. These younger people today, they're going to be paying more for their education, and obviously, as you point out with your daughter, more in terms of student loans. Two, housing costs are going to be increasing. I mean, a, a young couple trying to buy a house on the Central Coast, forget about that. And then is also mm-hmm. they're dealing with the effects of climate and the, the changes to the climate and what's going on with that. I mean, there, there are things happening that our generation wouldn't understand. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. Uh, I think that, you know, the old idea of you get out, you work hard, you, you get a little, you know, starter apartment, uh, maybe you get one roommate, uh, you get a cheap car, you do your thing. It, it's, it's just not what it was. I remember my first car cost just about $5,000 brand new, a little Toyota Tercel. Uh, you can't touch a new car for that. In fact, most beater cars are going to be a couple thousand bucks. Uh, and it's just, so it's just not, it's a completely different landscape. And we need to, to help these kids, uh, not by saying, look, this is how I did it, this is what you should do, but by listening to them and trying to figure out what their challenges are and then apply our wisdom, which is gained from our, you know, long, long uh, experiences in life and see if we can find ways our experience can help them cope with their problems, which are considerably different than ours were. Well, but as you pointed out at the beginning, this younger generation is having it tougher than our generation. So do those lessons still apply? Well, that's the thing. I mean, our, the lessons of what worked for us do not apply, I don't think. However, that doesn't mean that there's not some wisdom that can be gleaned from that if we listen to what their challenges are and, and try to help them out, which is how I try to help my daughter and the other you know, young people in my life is I try to listen to what their specific challenges are and, and say, you know, based on my experience and what I've seen, here's what I would do in that situation. Now, it might be right, it might be wrong, but, but the thing to not do is to say, just do this. Here's the game plan that worked for me. Just follow that game plan because it's a different game. Yeah. And one example that you and I have talked about in preparing for the show is the idea that not every young person needs to go to college. No, absolutely not. Uh, In fact, I think there are many, my my daughter made a point, I told her I was going to be talking to you today, uh, and she made a point that she didn't really want to uh, attack her employers because she don't. She likes her employers. She likes the companies she works for. She just thinks that the 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 world, the system that exists today, isn't how it should be. And one of the things is university. Some people can benefit from university, but not everybody should have to. I'll give you an example. One of the best jobs you can get if it's something that you have an aptitude for is coding, you know, being a computer programmer. There is absolutely no reason other than personal growth and learning a little bit more than about your, uh, you know, your career, that you should go to a four-year university to learn to code. Twelve months at a trade school, and you can be an entry-level coder. In fact, heck, with free tools properly guided in high school, you can come out of high school ready to be an entry-level, you know, programmer. So some things that we just assume college is a requirement for 
probably shouldn't be. And we just finished the segment where my guest pointed out that we're 80,000 short of truck drivers. Absolutely. You know, and the trades, and it's not just truck drivers, it's, you know, kind of all the trades. Uh, they, there are some great jobs out there for people that are, you know, that that's what they want to do and, and that are suited for it. I think that's one of the challenges is that we, we have this rather warped view of what success looks like when, in fact, success for you and success for me are two totally different things and the path to get there is completely different. I actually never graduated uh, college. I attended some college just for fun, but I never really went to college. And yet I had a nice C-suite corner office, uh, you know, senior executive with with now a couple of large, uh, you know, corporations. So you don't need the education. The problem is companies use it as a litmus test and they just say, okay, let's start by eliminating everybody that doesn't have a bachelor's and then we'll, then we'll look at who we have left. And if you go to college, uh, I, if you go to college and you really aren't designed for college, you also spare yourself all the heavy student debt that you talked about at the beginning. Exactly correct. That's exactly right. I, I'll tell you my belief. I think that college is really valuable, so valuable that I think, and, and since we're able to do online training so well, in fact, that's the industry I'm in, I think the United States of America should have a national college that anyone, anyone can attend as a U.S. citizen that will have cover the English and the math and all the basics, the, the social studies and history and so forth at no cost, and then put a greater emphasis on trade training, skill training uh, in person for, you know, learning about your jobs. I think that could save a tremendous amount of money because you don't need to have these beautiful campuses with ivory towers and, you know, all, all of these, this, this whole educational community. It's nice, but I don't think it's as necessary as it once was. Rick Bruce is a baby boomer joining us from Cambria, talking about his children, Gen Z, um, slightly millennial, uh, frustrated that other generations look at these young people and dismiss them, the whole generation, as being entitled or lazy. And I went online and I was looking, I, you, you typed this in, and all these articles come up about viewing young people as being entitled or lazy, which, as we come back to you, Rick, the idea that this is just a generational thing. When you and I were young, I'm sure the older generation looked down on us and thought we were just a bunch of hippies and draft dodgers and potheads, and we were kind of worthless. Absolutely. In fact, one of my favorite things to do when I see one of these posts on Facebook bagging on kids is I put a, cl a link to Paul Lynn singing What's the Matter with Kids These Days. Oh, from Bye Bye Birdie. From Bye Bye Birdie, yeah. And it wasn't an original idea then either. Yeah, but there there are those attitudes. Yeah. You know, I think one thing that's happening, though, is that I, I, I believe, and I don't have a lot of data to show this other than just listening to the kids that I know, which is quite a few of them, um, I think they're kind of tired of 
not getting a fair slice of the pie from these, you know, huge employers. I know I know one kid I was talking to who worked for a very, very large retail place, and I think they had probably about 100 staff during a given day, maybe making, I think they were making uh, $12, $13 an hour. They had a banner day, and this one location made just shy of $1 million. Now, do you know what they did to reward those $13 an hour employees? No. They bought them pizza. You know, so you can do the math uh, on that, and I, I guarantee you all their merchandise was high-margin high merchandise. They took out almost a million dollars, and the, the I say kids, they, they weren't necessarily all young people, but the $13 an hour, $14 an hour employees that were selling the stuff got, you know, didn't get any piece of that. And although that was an exceptional day, an average day still that that location brings in a remarkable amount of money. So, I mean, one thing that's changed since I was a kid, when I was a kid, uh, the first corporation I worked for, they would, they would, if they made a bunch of money, if they had a really good year, they'd find a way to dole it out to us. They'd either give us, you know, pay raises or they would, you know, give us an extra two weeks pay for our Christmas bonus. Yeah. You don't yeah. see that anymore. All right, let's take a call. We got Paul in San Luis on KVEC. Hi, Paul. Hello, Dave. Hi, Paul. Hey, there's a well-known intellectual that made an observation about children. He said the children now love luxury. They have bad manners, contempt for authority. They show disrespect for elders and love chatter in place of exercise. And do you know who that intellectual was? I'll say Mark Twain. Socrates. Oh, okay. Go That's even close. further. Yeah, there you yeah. go. How close? How close? <laughs> so it's it's pretty common to do, and and I'll tell you, I. I made a like the same mistake, and uh, what what happened was, uh, it was this is a few years back. My fiance, her son, uh, I went to the local smoothie shop and I saw a help wanted sign, and so I went back and I knew he was looking for a job, and I said, "Hey, you got to go down there and try out that that smoothie shop. They looking for a, they're looking for somebody to work there." And he goes, "Ah, no, I, you know what." He goes, I, I heard the manager there is kind of tough. He goes, I, I don't think I'm going to fill out an application. And I thought to myself, I said, you know, when I was his age, I was working on commercial fishing boats. And if that guy thinks mm-hmm. that a smoothie manager is tough, he ought to try working for a Portuguese fisherman. <laughs> you know? Right. And, you know, and, and so, so I had this kind of in, in my mind that, you know, he was kind of soft and and uh he's at West Point now. You know, he went to West Point and you know they're not soft there at West Point. Yeah. And he is thriving there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he went through all the the beast training that they call it, the harassment, the yelling, you know, the physical torture that they put him through and he's just thriving there, just going just skating right through it. Mm-hmm. And if Anybody ever wants to see the you know the quality kids go look at these kids at these service academies. Let's have I, let's get a response from Rick. Yeah, I think that's great, and I think one of the things that points out, and I've noticed this as well. In in my time, I would I'd get a job washing dishes. 
was because I wanted to get money, and washing dishes got me a, a way to do that. I think today's kids have a little bit bigger vision, and they want to do things that – uh, that they feel are going to enrich them, and so I think that I think that the 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 young man that you're describing had a passion, wanted to you know wanted to be in the service, and he was willing to do move move mountains, heaven and earth to make that happen. He probably didn't feel as passionate about blending up smoothies. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, Paul. What else do you want to say? Now and. And you're absolutely right. And when I first started off this conversation, you know, Socrates thought the kids yeah. of his of his generation were lazy and and complacent and had bad manners. It, it's just natural for for people to do that. And I actually think that the children that uh, you know that this young generation is is going to have it tougher than 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 we had it. Right. You know, because of. You know, the climate change, uh, economic factors. I mean, when you look at it, when I was working for, I think it was uh, 275 an hour, right? Um, the minimum, wa- minimum wage was 275 or $3 an hour. But gas costs 65 cents a gallon, right? And, and now gas is 5 bucks, you know, a gallon, and minimum wage has only gone up to 750 So... Uh, you know, the dollar doesn't go as far, you know, for these kids. And and it's going to be like that probably their whole life. That's why we're talking about it. All right, Paul, thanks for the perspective. We've got Sean in San Luis on KVEC. Hi, Sean. Hi, Dave. And your guest, I, I, I missed his name. His name is Rick. Rick. Hi, Sean. I, I really I really appreciated uh, what you were sharing. Yeah, I feel like there's too much stereotyping when it comes to generations. I think, honestly, the, the, the generation is representative to the parents' generation. So you have a lot of um, Vietnam War veteran or family members that, that, that were growing up during the Vietnam War. So some of their, some of the, your, the kids that are, that are, um, are say, quote-unquote, millennials could be the older generation could be probably that, that older end. And then the younger end would be representative of myself. I'm a Gen X. Uh, which would be, uh, I was born in 1977, and I see a lot of, uh, I see I see a different, so the Zennial generation, the Zs, the generation Zs are representative of the Gen X, um, if that makes sense. Does that make sense to you? Like, the, the, yeah. so a lot of the kids that are, yeah, um, say, freshmen through seniors would be uh, kids, uh, a lot of kids of the generation X. Well, let's find, we kind of, that, yeah. let's, let's find out what Rick thinks. Do you, do you agree with the premise? That Sean is setting up, do you agree with his numbers, Rick? Partially, partially I do agree with it. I think that the foibles of our parents get cast to us, and we we then do something with them and make it completely different. We don't. We're not mirrors of our parents, but certainly, you know, their influence filters through us. But you know, something that's happened in my lifetime uh, is there have been many technological paradigm shifts, and that also makes for something different. I think one of the things that the, the, the Centennials or the Gen Z that you were talking about have is they grew up as a fully digital generation, which their parents were close to, but, but a lot of them were not. Yeah. Uh, and so that also has an impact on how they see the world. What else from you, Sean? Yeah, and then just if you think about kind of what we've gone through, you know, um, I was thinking about just uh, the 
kids going to Cal Poly right now. That some of them were only one or two, three years old at maybe tops uh, yeah. when when uh, September 11th happened, and like you know the whole mm-hmm. uh, the Iraq War and, and and Afghan War, like that whole. So it's really interesting to see. But I, I think um, a lot of the um, speaking from a Gen Xer that kind of sometimes picks on millennials. I say we pick on some millennials, but I know a lot of sharp hardworking millennials too. And they also are a product of their parents. Although there's a different, there's a product thing there, but there's a lot of proactivity in the millennial generation. You see that a lot, like see with black lives matter. There's a big, there's a big, there's a lot of activity coming from the millennial generation whose parents probably were also the same people that were protesting the Vietnam war. So eh, just an interesting observation. It is Sean. Thank you very much for participating. Parent Rick Bruce on this broadcast. Talking about the way we regard these young people, Rick reminding us that young people are not inherently lazy or feeling entitled. Joseph wants to weigh in. Hey, Joseph. Hi, Dave. As um, a young person. How young? 30. How young? I'm 32. I'm 32 years old. All right. I was born in 89. I grew up in the age of technology, and I think uh, what uh, our generation, the younger folks, we're seeing that uh, hard work doesn't pay off. I'm going to tell you, tell your daughter right now, quit one of those jobs. Um, try to find a cheaper place to live if you can. It's not worth it to break your back seven days a week. 32, uh, I've been working since I was 16, and I thought hard work is going to get me forward. And what I realized at my age, it's not what you know to an extent, but who you know. And it's not even so much... Well, a friend of mine who's doing very well, my age, luckily, he's a hard worker, man. Um, I've seen some numbers. I listen to uh, Professor Wolf. He's an ec- economist. Our generation, millennials, are actually more hardworking than the baby boomers because we're producing more in a shorter amount of mm. time. Our production levels are way up more than boomers, and the boomers kind of screwed us. You guys are hoarding all the money, all the property. Yeah. And you're not going to let it go for <laughs> the prices that you got it at. Too bad. You're bad, you're bad, right? <laughs> Rick, Rick, what about Joseph's argument that your daughter should quit one of her jobs? Um, I, I disagree with that argument in her case, and the reason is she has a game plan. And, and her game plan, uh, one thing Joseph said that's really important, it's who you know. And being where she is, she's meeting people that will be able to help her later on get into the career she wants and the company she wants. And if she were to quit one of those jobs, she'd probably have to retreat back to Cambria, which would be fine. I'd love to have her, but it wouldn't get her where she needs to be to to hit her target. And this is something she's wanted since she was a little girl. This isn't just I want to, you know, I want to make a few bucks, so I'm going to I'm going to try to become a, a C-suite executive. Uh this is this is exactly the path she's been on since she was 5 years old, I think. Yeah. So I think in her case she needs to do whatever she needs to do, but at some point she's going to have to step back. She's going to have to be careful that she doesn't find herself, you know, kind of a, a workaholic that she adapts to it. She she needs to suffer through this, and then when she gets the chance, shed shed it off. Because Joe, you're right, you've got to live. That's the whole point. We don't yeah. we don't want to just be work drones. Nice, particularly at that age. Joseph also wants to know if your daughter's single. <laughs> I'm going to have to meet you before I answer that question, Joseph. Yeah. Joseph, anything else you want to say, Joseph? Um, 
Yeah, one more thing. Yeah, the, it's the hustle culture some of us um, have grown up with as like, you know, hustle every day, make the money, you know what I mean? And I was part of that. And your daughter's probably feeling that, that she got to really get down and, and work hard. But um, like, like how you guys are saying, this life is worth living. And with the coronavirus, I think it really opened up a lot of people, not just older folks, but my age to really step back and say, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to work less and enjoy my life. I'm still going to get by with the wages going up, thankfully. Um, but, but, yeah, that's it. All right, Joseph, thank you. On the Stolberg Law KVC text line, I agree with the guests. We give a bad rap to the current generation. They are innovative and loyal. We hi- hire a lot of people of the millennial and Gen Y generation. We find across the board they lack two key attributes, critical thinking and emotional intelligence. They often, in our experience, can't think beyond the current task and are so emotionally fragile, they don't handle criticism, constructive or otherwise, very well. Wow. Rick? I'd I'd be curious to know more who we and our uh, represent there. Um, I find constructive criticism works pretty well for for most of the young people that I know. Um, They they are creative. uh, As for fragile, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that I would have had the guts to go down to you know to L.A. and break into the film industry when I was a kid. I, I. I, you know, but, but but that's part of the stereotype too. Is that you know, yeah. look, we've got you know, they have emotional support animals, and they they're very careful about using the proper pronouns for people. And they have but their really, tr- and they have their tr- but they have their triggers. They have their triggers. That's right. Yeah. But really, what all that works down to is they are by and large a very sensitive group and i don't mean that in a fragile easily broken sense i mean they want to be sensitive to the people around them to give them the best possible of experience of being part of a community hmm. um and uh, i i have trouble faulting that i mean i don't always understand it i'm not in their generation i don't always get it but I do think that most of it is based on, like in my generation, we would have used pejorative names and, and you know, the, the kids often did for people that were different. Now this generation is going out of their way to not only not use pejorative language, but to use uh, supportive and, and building language. And that's I, both know, in their work relationships, personal relationships, and so on. I still think people are using some pejorative language. I don't think that's universal, my friend. On the Stolberg line, I know I have two millennials and know their work ethic is great. Two biggest differences from when I grew up. One, public sector collective bargaining. Uh, Thus, what is put college out of reach is uh, greedy salaries. Also, government regulation and taxes on everything. If anyone can tell us what isn't taxed or regulated, then correct me. I'm not, I, yeah, I'm not sure about I, I that would one. say that it's not so much salaries as building really expensive campuses that aren't necessary. I think that's part of what it is. Um, but there's a lot, there's a lot to it uh, that, that sort of makes things uh, you know, more expensive. I'll tell you one thing about the, the millennials in particular, though, that was people were, were throwing shade on them for putting chain restaurants out of business because they'd rather stay home and do their little foodie thing than go out to the, the, the neighborhood uh, chain uh, mid, mid-range restaurant. 
I don't see that as a problem. Uh, they don't necessarily want to buy homes because it's such a ridiculous investment for them. So they're finding ways to really enjoy a simpler, slightly more Spartan world. They, they're more interested in experiences than stuff. And they'll make their investment in things they can do, like a trip or a or a, you know something something fun that'll make memories, as opposed to something that'll sit in the living room. All right, I got to get this break, and we'll come back for a short final segment with Rick Bruce. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Hometown Radio. I have to tell you, Rick Bruce, as we uh, come back here in our remaining minutes, I I do think there's something to be said for working less and um, simplifying your life. And I wish I had done that earlier in my life, but I was too busy, I don't know, trying to do stuff. Yeah, you were you were trying to grab for the American dream and get all your you know tick off all your boxes, and I think that's you know not the healthiest way to live. I, I've been told in the past that I'm a terrible human being. I'm a great human doing, so I never stop and just be and exist. And you know, I, I get that. Uh, but we need to look at the future, and it's got to be a little different. I think that our governments and the private sector have to quit looking at how things were in the past and trying to cling on to that with a death grip. And I, we need, I think we need to look and see what would make life better for our citizenry in the future. What will make life better for our kids and our grandkids? Uh, and um, and it's it's not going to be the same as what made it great for folks coming out of post-World War II, you know, which was a great time, but it's different. Totally different. And obviously COVID has changed everything. And um, one, I guess, silver lining you might say is that young people are able to be more selective about their jobs and I mean, Costco just announced yesterday that they're increasing their starting pay because people mm-hmm. are not in a hurry to take these low-paying jobs anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think one of the other, and I I could talk for a whole hour on this topic because it's something I'm 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 fairly got a fair amount of expertise in. The idea of, of remote employment has oh. opened up the world for a lot of people. I work for a company in Boise right now. I've worked for a company in North Carolina. I've I've not stepped into a corporate office for 15 years, and I've been doing quite you know quite well, but. Now it's opened up for so many people and so many kids don't have to be limited to what's in their neighborhood. They can work for a company across the country. Of course, with a minute to go, I'm concerned for the young people because of the debt we are saddling them with. And I don't know. I mean, we talked about the college debt, but just the financial debt that this country is going into. And we're just passing that along to the next generation. And... Are they just going to pass it along, or are they going to try to deal with it? I got about a minute there, Rick. I, I think they're going to. I think they're going to try to deal with it because the part of the problem is uh, we have poured so much of our money into corporate coffers that are bursting at the seams while the while we continue to take on debt for our children. I think we're going to quit looking at it like that. And we're going to start looking at it as investments. What can we spend our national resources on that will encourage and improve our gross domestic product and make us money? 
So I think I think the next generation has a chance to look at it differently than we have. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.